Welcome to Real Life. Hi, I'm Jim Miller, and you're listening to the Real Life LA podcast, coming to you from the Southern California foothills town of Glendora, California. We're a church for everyone, and we exist to lead lost people to Jesus, building a community of grace with a God-sized vision that reaches from generation to generation. As you hear today's message, we pray that God speaks specifically to you, opens your heart, and shows you how to live each day with more joy, beauty, and wonder. morning, church. It is good to be with you this Sunday morning, whether you are in the room, if you are watching us in the chapel, if you are online watching, that's great. If you are listening to the podcast, gosh, I am just so glad that you have gathered with us today. Uh, I even recognize this could be days later, but you are time traveling because it is Sunday where I am, so I'm going to pretend like it's Sunday where you are. A happy Sunday. Good to be with you. My name is Anthony. If we've not met before, I'm one of the pastors here at Real Life. And we have been in a series for a few weeks now uh, where we're talking about uh, what we like about Jesus. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a good one so far. Uh, I think it's going to get even better. And our hope is, as we travel through this thing together, you're going to be able to name something that you like about who Jesus is and share it with someone else. And you know what I like about Jesus Jesus repeated the things that mattered so we wouldn't miss it. Let's pray. Uh, God, uh, we invite you into this space, recognizing you were already here, but we are now ready for what you have to say. God, we thank you for sending your son to show us how life works best. And so uh, be with us in this time and teach us something new. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, our Lord and our Redeemer. Amen. Hey, if you have been following along with the adventure that is our church over the last year, uh, it would not surprise you to be reminded that we were gifted a uh, property. It is actually north of where I'm standing now, across town. We were gifted a property that had an existing preschool and after-school program. There was a, a really gracious church in town who asked us, hey, could we come alongside them and lead this thing out of this hard season and, and going forward? And we said yes because we're led by a team of people that often start at yes and figure out what God will do with that. And so we said yes. And we've journeyed together now for a while, and I'm so proud to be able to say that we now are fully licensed to run that preschool and that after-school program. We're now operating it as real-life preschool. We just graduated our first class of kindergartners. Congratulations, kindergartners. Uh, that's a really big deal for those families and for us to be able to give them some new, like, capping gowns to be able to walk in was a neat gift to be able to celebrate what has been a hard year. Uh, and like this next week, we start our uh, summer session for care at the school-age program and also the preschool. It's exciting times, and it reminds me of something that I already knew, but I know again in a different way. Preschoolers are some of my favorite humans. Uh, they really are. There's this one uh, in particular. I'm going to call him Joshua, just so we have a name for, for him. So Joshua, he's hilarious. He just learned how to tell jokes. He learned how to tell a joke. Uh, and you might think, like, oh, maybe he has seven. He has one. He learned how to tell one joke. And Joshua does this thing where he tells it, and then he does it again. It's almost like his brain is addicted to telling this one joke 
over and over. And it always starts off as funny. Part of it just is because he is like committed to it and he's adorable. I think it's less funny, right, as, as it goes. It then gets to the point where you know it's still going, but like really, is it still going? And it always comes back around to about three minutes in and 15 repetitions. It's really funny again because it just keeps going. And, and I know that part of why that happens is uh, repetition is built into the reward system of how our brain works. And it's not just preschoolers, it's, it's us too. It's built into us. Our brains know that the things worth repeating are worth repeating. Here's what I mean. Uh, your body, without you having to tell it to do this, builds protection uh, around neural pathways that connect uh, the idea of doing a thing, some things you don't even think about, but like from your brain sending this electrical signal to your body to do a thing or for you to say a thing, when uh, that process is repeated a lot, your body builds protection around that process to make sure it happens quicker. That way, what started off as a decision is now an impulse. And if I go much more into talking about it, I might start to get a little bit woozy. Like when I talk about medical things, it's not my favorite, but it's called myelination. Uh, myelination. So you may have heard of this before. I just read about it for the first time this week as I was going, gosh, why is it that when we practice things, when we repeat them, they become more natural? It's because of myelination. Uh, I'll let you look it up later. Here's, if you want to spell it, if you want to like, because you're not going to find out more about it from me. I just wanted to give you the general concept. M-Y-E-L. I-N-A-T-I-O-N, myelination, right? Your body builds layers of protection around neural pathways that get used the most frequently to ensure your body can do those tasks more easily. Things that matter are worth repeating. The more you give uh, your kids affirmation when they're using good manners, your hope is that those manners will become second nature. If you wanna learn a new language, you take words that are foreign to you and you work on talking about them and becoming familiar enough with them that they become a part of your own vocabulary. If you want to develop a healthy habit, uh, you work an intentional action into your daily rhythm until it's a part of who you are. We repeat what we want to be repeated. And you know what I like about Jesus? Jesus repeated the things that mattered most so we wouldn't miss them. So somebody asks you, so what is Jesus' most repeated teaching? What's the thing that he talked about the most we have recorded that he said the most times? If somebody asked you that, I wonder what you'd say. If you were to guess, oh, it's probably like sex or money. People have lots of questions about that. Those are great like sermon fodder topics, but it's not what Jesus spent the most time talking about that we have recorded. Uh, you might think, gosh, maybe it was about how uh, his followers should gather together uh, what the church could look like. When Jesus was talking to religious people, it was often to kind of correct some of the things they were doing uh, that, that were wrong. He had a lot of hard things to say to those who were religious. But I mean, pastors like me sit here going, gosh, I kind of wish, though, he would have given us a script for how this was supposed to look. Now, his most repeated teaching, it's, it's different than those. And, and here's the thing. There is only one teaching that's repeated by Jesus in every one of the four Gospels. There are, uh, in those four Gospels, there are four stories that each Gospel writer always talks about, okay? There are three predictions that they make, that Jesus makes, and, and he makes them in all of those four Gospels. 
But there's, there's only one thing that every single gospel writer, all four of them, made sure they wrote down. And in fact, two of those writers wrote it down twice. So we know that this is something that Jesus talked a lot about. Uh, and, and here's the thing. It's this idea uh, that we are called to... Well, here, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let Mark explain it. So uh, those four gospel writers, right, they, they all wrote about it, but Mark's my favorite. So we're going to take a moment. We're going to jump into Mark chapter 8, starting in verse 34. I want to I look at this together. Mark only writes it once. Matthew and Luke wrote it twice. We'll get to John in a second because he wrote about it too. But I want to read to you Mark uh, chapter 8, starting in verse 34, because you know what I like about Jesus? Jesus repeated the things that mattered most so we wouldn't miss it. So I want you to, to listen to this one. Starting in verse 34. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. And this is this line right here. This is the one. Every gospel writer writes this thing down, okay? For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. And Mark continues to, to write down what Jesus said. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? What can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Now that word that Jesus uses that Mark writes down uh, for life is the same word in that passage as soul. It's, you know, they weren't speaking English at the time. It was uh, the word written down here is suke. It's that, uh, it is interchangeable being able to say your life, your soul. It's that breath of life. It's the thing that makes you, you. It's the thing that, that animates you. Some cultures say it's a soul. Uh, others say it's, it's, that, it's that wind, it's that air. Uh, Jesus, the word that Mark writes down is suke. And, and what Jesus wants to talk about here is how to make your life most meaningful, that thing that makes you you, how to, how to live into that best. And he's this master of flipping common sense ideas upside down to show that the kingdom of God has a very different set of rules and expectations than the kingdom's that people often build. Here's what I mean. Jesus taught his followers to turn their other cheek when they're attacked. Those who follow Jesus' teachings are commanded to love their enemies, which is surprising and, and pretty hard to do. And how many times should a follower of Jesus forgive someone else? Jesus would say, so many times you lose count. More times than you can count is how often you need to give someone a second chance. It's not just a second chance. It's forgiveness that overflows through you to that other person. And then there's this, that we can only gain our lives if we lose them. Jesus sees things upside down. He says that's how life is best lived. So this teaching, it's, it's profound, but it's also really simple. How do you get the most out of life? You stop chasing the things that you think are best. And go after the things that God says is best. How do you make life feel meaningless? Well, you choose your desires over the desires of God. Now, obviously, Jesus taught more than just this one thing. But every gospel writer records this teaching. Two of them write it down twice. Matthew, Mark, and Luke had already written their gospels. Uh, those accounts were being passed around the first century church. They were common texts that were used to, to teach new followers of Jesus about him. And then John writes his gospel decades later. 
to go, hey, I was his best friend. I love what these guys are saying. And he wrote his gospel to compliment the others. And yet, John could not tell the story of Jesus without also including this, which at the time had already been recorded five times. And, and John actually puts this at the end of his gospel account uh, because uh, he, he wanted to make sure that we end on this idea, that, that we understand. John finishes with this story and then, and then says, uh, and I will summarize, uh, but he, he tells, uh, he writes down, there's more to be written down. Jesus did more things and said more things, but I couldn't, I couldn't fill up enough books to, to say all of them. So, so John actually writes with a bias. He has an idea of what he's doing, writes the whole story, and makes sure he includes this part. So how much must Jesus have actually repeated this teaching for it to get recorded so many times? And you know what I like about Jesus? Jesus repeated the things that matter most so that we wouldn't miss it. Jesus knew if his followers embraced this teaching, it would change everything. If we are putting our desires first, it is so hard to forgive others. If, if we are not thinking of God's priorities instead of our priorities, it, it's going to be impossible to love your enemies. And yet, when we hold this view of how life works best, we we come to experience life that is greater than anything you or I could have ever planned for or imagined. So if we want to try to follow in the way of Jesus and repeat the things that are worth repeating, we need to decide what we want to say so often uh, that someone writing the story of our lives could not leave it out and have that be a faithful retelling. This summer, we are spending time as a church reflecting on those things that we like about Jesus so that we can share Jesus with others. This isn't just a hypothetical. It's actually an expectation. As your pastors, we don't just hope that you do this at some point in the summer. We actually expect it of you, that you will tell someone else what you like about Jesus. Because things worth repeating are worth repeating, right? So here's something for the Christians in the room to think about, uh, or if you're watching online, and again, chapel, so glad you're with us today. But, but if you are a Christian today, you consider yourself a follower of Jesus, I want you to think through uh, this idea that God has someone in your life right now who he wants to reveal his love to them through you. And so for some of us, that, that might be somebody in our family. It might be somebody you're related to. For others, it's in the job you do, the career you've been called to. But wherever God has you, no matter how old you are, how young you are, God wants you to care for others in God's name that they might come to know him. So one of the ways that Christians can do a self-check-in uh, to see what values we're passing along to others is to think about the, the messages we send out during the week because you're already repeating something. It might be something, go, go through your text messages. And, and if you're watching on your phone right now, don't do it right now. But later, go through your text messages and just see, is there something, is there a theme here? Is there something that I send pretty regularly? Go back through social media. What are the kinds of things that you are posting about? Are you mostly telling others about yourself? Are, are you mostly sharing those things about life that you really want others to know so they think better of you? Because that, 
that might be the message that you're passing on, whether you're being intentional about it or not. Now, you can also do a, a values check-in by looking at how you've spent money over the last three months. Uh, you know, look, look at the way that your, your budget lays out. And, and I know we all think differently about money. It makes me a little bit uncomfortable to recognize the fact that some of you don't budget at all. Like, I get it. I mean, I don't get it, but I understand some of you, you get money and you spend money and you hope that it works. It's usually not the best way to go about it, but I recognize some of us do that. But I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying plan forward. Look back. Look back over the last three months uh, and see if the way you've spent your money aligns with the things that you feel like you value. I had a uh, theology professor back in university who told me the most honest theological document I would ever write uh, was my budget because there was no way around uh, making a case for the things I valued outside of uh, the way that I spent the resources that God had gifted me. I would also encourage you to think through, you know, if you're just checking in, what are the things that we are telling others matter most? What are those things that we're repeating? Uh, think about how you neighbor. You know, do your neighbors know your name? Or do they just know what your car looks like pulling in and out of your driveway? Because that's like the one interaction they have. If you were to, to move, if you found somewhere more affordable to live and you were just going to pick up and move, like, would your neighbors miss you? Or would they notice? When there's a need in the neighborhood, do people think of you first as somebody who would offer to help? For those of us who are Christians, before we decide what we want to repeat to others about who Jesus is and what we like about him, it's just good to check in and ask, what are we already repeating? What are those things we're already telling people? And once you've checked in to see what kinds of things you're repeating, uh, it's, it's now time to step into, so what do you want to say about who Jesus is and, and what God's love means in your life? But first, just here's, here's a tip from the world of fashion. Uh, you should only wear what you can wear. And here's, here's what I mean by this. Uh, don't, don't choose something because it looks good on somebody else, right? Uh, you shouldn't, in the same way that you shouldn't like, dress to look like someone, you shouldn't use words or phrases or ways to talk about Jesus that feel inauthentic to who you are. What the world needs desperately is a group of Jesus followers who believe in authenticity in such a way that the words that come out of our mouths sound like things we would say and sound like things that we believe deeply in. So think about what, what do you like about Jesus? Like how has God been good to you? When you reflect on the life of Jesus, are you, are you glad that he chooses uh, people who are often looked over by everyone else. Maybe that's something you love about him. Maybe it is how quick he is to forgive others. It, it could be that what Jesus says is true. And gosh, you just like that. Maybe it's something that, you know, uh, could come up in a future sermon. Uh, so, so keep paying attention. Maybe it's that you, you like that Jesus heals people. Whatever it is, it should be something that is like what you would say, uh, because it's you who will be saying it. And I've, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Uh, I've been 
I've been grieving alongside families over this last year who have lost loved ones, and we've been doing memorial services and, and gravesides with, with families whose hearts are breaking. And there's this thing that often happens when you're remembering someone, and it's, it's the sharing of the phrases that were so common with that person. There is this idea that, that you know, we, we repeat the things that we want to see repeated, and by saying the things that our loved ones used to always say, it reminds us that their life can have impact even though they're not here anymore. And one day, people will gather together and they're, they're going to talk about you. I mean, spoiler alert, some people right now probably already talk about you. Uh, hopefully it's good, right? We want it to be good. But, but one day, there's going to be this, this moment where people say, I remember them. And one of the things they'll remember are the things that you said. And you get to decide today, what are those things you want to repeat so that they'll be repeated? If we follow a Jesus who was so intentional about repeating himself, because you know what I like about Jesus? Like, Jesus repeated the things that matter most, so we wouldn't miss it. And if we follow after him, those of us who call ourselves Christians, we should do the same, decide what matters most, and repeat it to the point where it moves from decision to impulse in your life, and it's just what you say, and it's what people would remember about you. Uh, a bunch of us have a, a friend who re- recently passed away. Her name's Kristen. Uh, and there was this thing about Kristen. You just knew Kristen, in all kinds of situations, uh, would use this phrase, just one more. Uh, there's this beautiful thing about her. And I remember years ago, when her kids were little, and they'd be signing up friends for VBS, Vacation Bible School, you know, this big camp we'd run for kids in the summer, so they don't drive their parents crazy at home the whole time. And uh, those girls were so good at inviting friends, and Kristen would go, is there still room in the third grade? Like, yeah, Kristen, we're just about full. She'd go, there's just one more. Like, there's something about someone who believes that there's always just one more that you just knew that mattered so much to her. And you matter so much to God that he wants to use you to share his love with other people. And one of the easiest ways to do it, friends, is to pick a thing you like about him. (laughs) To think about the life of Jesus and say, you know what I like about Jesus? And then say it. And so here's my challenge to you this week. And this is, whether you're here or you're watching online or you're listening on the podcast, I would challenge you, decide what thing you want to try on? What's the thing you want to practice saying this week? And commit to saying it out loud at least once a day for five days. That you would repeat what you think is worth repeating and see if it doesn't get easier to talk about Jesus with others. That is our challenge to you and is God's call on our life that we would take the things that God has done in our lives and share it with the world around us that they might come to know God's great love for them as well. So that's my hope. It's kind of my expectation that you would take today's message with you, that we would impact the world around us in Jesus' name. Would you pray with me? Uh, God, uh, we thank you for your faithfulness, for your enduring love, for the fact that those of us who feel unworthy are made worthy in your eyes through your Son. And so we pray that you would empower us this week to live into the calling you have for us. 
that that person you've put in our life for us to show them your love, God, that you would make that real to us, that we would have a sense of who that is and that you'd help us do that well. And God, for those who listen to this message but don't yet trust you, maybe give them an idea of something that they like about you this week. Get them ready for the the great love you have for them and help us reveal that love to them as well. God, we love you. We pray this in all things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Now, will you help us welcome others to real life? Share our podcast or find us on Instagram or Facebook at Real Life LA. If you'd like to become a supporter, please visit reallife.la and tap give to help us welcome everyone to real life. God bless and have a wonderful day.